Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want Taylor You'll get parts. And entertainment, you like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. There is similitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment, News Talk 94.7 and 970. WMAY, we got an interesting show for you today. No Way Out Wednesday on a Saturday this week, but I'll bring you a little bit of my conversations with Chris Murphy when I covered the morning shift of news on the WMAY morning news feed. Then we're also going to have What's Streaming with The Naked Gun, one of my favorite comedies. Then we're going to have my interview with Justin Carter, as well as a little bit of music from Songs for New World, the show that he's in, and Bottom of the Bargain Bin (laughs) with some pretty terrible Batman. It's all coming up, but first... A little bit of my conversations on the morning news feed. Already the uh, Walgreens uh, is pretty much a rubble. There's just like yeah. a front part of it and that's left of it. And then and then after that, you know, you're going to see the Portillo's uh, building go up quickly. And they're supposedly going to have this done by the end of 2020. Uh, so we're finally going to get this long-awaited Portillo's. I, I, I've got to admit, I, I feel about Portillo's the same way I feel about Chick-fil-A. I like it. It's good. It's not the religious experience but, that some people make it out to be. Chick-fil-A has been in Springfield for years now, and I passed it the other day, and the line was wrapped around the building and oh. out past, and I'm like, seriously, like, yeah, it's good, but, like, my goodness. People. I know. It's it's like a cult following, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And, and, and the thing was is that my problem with Chick-fil-A is completely unrelated to the new owners, and what, every time I've gone to Chick-fil-A, it's been fantastic, okay? They, they run a tight ship. They're, yeah. They get you in and out. I came to town in 1995 because my wife became marketing, my then wife became marketing director at White Oaks Mall. Mm-hmm. And so we we uh, came to the mall and shortly thereafter, the Chick-fil-A, which was in the middle of the mall, wasn't in the food court. It was mm-hmm. over by, by where, uh, well, Jim Bree's not there anymore because they just folded. So I don't know mm-hmm. what, what's over there now on that Been lower level. Been there in a while, to be honest. But, but, yeah. but in the Jim Bree spot, that used to be where the Chick-fil-A in the mall was. Mm-hmm. And I uh, basically was in there and pulled, uh, you know, they, they were pulling the stuff off the wall to get ready for the Jim Bree from Chick-fil-A, yeah. the smell was just unbelievable to the point where I, 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 I don't really, I order like chicken salads when I'm there or something yeah. like that because I just, I can't get that smell away from me. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it just, it just was like an overpowering Chick-fil-A sandwich, you know, dead yard bird. It was like, yeah. ugh, it was, it was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. But, but anyway, I, I get Chick-fil-A. They're, they're a high quality restaurant. They're good. I understand why they're popular. Portillo's the same way, high quality oh, yeah. or whatever, but, but I'm just not gaga about it, but, but I'm really I'm really happy that they're coming to town. Yeah, that's the 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 one time I've had Portillos. I was in Chicago a couple of years ago, uh-huh. um, for um for a trip. It was for um we we were part of the student radio station. Uh, we, we there was a radio like a student radio conference. But yeah, I went to Portillos. Amazing. I had one of the loaded. Like hot dogs, it was great. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm excited it's coming. Yeah, to town. they have those like old fashioned hot dogs. Oh yeah. snap, and I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those are the kind of hot dogs I like. So I do like Portillos. The fries are great too. I, like I said, I'm not going to drive any more than Parkway Point to get one. Yeah. But that's that's the big rub here on social media. Everybody is complaining about the fact that Portillos is building on that corner by Parkway Point. You know, that's 
they talk about I, I gotta, oh the access is bad and also what, what what are you one of those two complaining um, about that? I well, not. Uh, I mean, I'm glad it's coming, but let me tell you. I mean, y- you got to think. Portillo's is right there on that corner. There is going to be, as we said, lines around the building and out on the street. Right next to it, you have a McDonald's where a lot of people go to get food or something in the morning. Then right next to that, you have a Starbucks, which people are going to be lined around to get stuff. I mean, yeah. it's there's going to be it's going to be very congested, and it's kind of an awkward spot. Now, because Portillo's is as popular as it is, I think it's going to do fine, and I'm excited, and I'm still going to go there. But I can see people's concerns about where it is. Uh, I, I say, you know what? Uh, that's what you deal with. Parkway Point <laughs> has been a disaster since it opened. Yeah, that's you know, let's yeah. be honest. Here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a very popular place, but it has one entrance way, and that's yep. it. Unless you, unless unless there's some teeth into fixing Hollis Road. They started was, to do that a little bit, you know, I mean, because that would be a good back way to get into Parkway Point. I was going to say, if they, if they fix that intersection or something, yeah. well, but fi- like... Fix that damn... Uh, what is it? That underpass or whatever that it is? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's like one and a half cars it doesn't fit two cars you yeah know, at least fix that you know i mean the, yeah the road's crowned and it's in horrible shape they fixed it up to like uh um past capital group and maybe to the railroad tracks and then all of a sudden it goes back down to, to two lanes or something like that yeah but fix hollis road and make it a good <laughs> good little backdoor entry to get in there and then maybe we got something here but in the meantime you know what i it doesn't bother me at all that portillo's built there doesn't yeah. bother me in the least I'm, I'm happy they built in springfield yeah, it's yeah. I think it's a big enough draw that even if it's awkward as hell to get in, it's they're still going to make money and they'll still make money from the area there. Yeah, I think. So, so what what is your beef with Portillo's? What is your Italian beef with Portillo's? Yes. I want to find <laughs> out right now. You know, what do you think about Portillo's building in Parkway Point? Two one seven six two nine seven nine seventy. And were you doing cartwheels like some of the people were in this building when they found out that Portillo's was opening earlier than planned? That mm-hmm. they, that they're going to be open by Christmas? It looks like you know the nice Christmas present. You know yeah. they're looking at they're looking at late November, early December to open that baby up. You know what what do you think about Portillo's coming to Springfield at Parkway Point at that particular location oh maybe you're in kevin's camp you know it is going to be a little bit of a zoo but yeah what is parkway point not a zoo that's, that's my question but that's yeah that's i mean that's what factored into it but that is also a good point i think people are like oh well you know i gotta yeah. you know eventually you know you're trying to do that left turn yeah it's, gonna it's be kind fun. of like complaining about mellow cream donuts you know what <laughs> it's kind of the way it is that's we like it that way we're from springfield so what if yeah. it's a bunch of people on top of each other? Whatever. We, we, yeah, we deal with it. We, you know, we we definitely deal with it. But on social media, though, all these people are ranting about, oh, da, 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 da. oh how could they do this and build there? It's such the, a ridiculous thing. The sky is falling. Traffic jam, blah, 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 blah. What? what? Yeah. You know? When is it not a traffic jam and, and problem at Parkway Park? Yeah. When is it not, huh? <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, hi, you're on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Murphy, and how's Mr. Murphy this morning? Mr. Murphy is okay, I think. Let me check. Yeah. No, she's just just who's my line. Yeah, and right. be expected in my present circumstances. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I know, line dog. What 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 is the deal here, you know, with all of this? You know, it's like a, everybody complaining hey. on social media about ma- making and, anything you put there is going to make oh, it a total yeah. train wreck. <laughs> and, you know, whether it's Portillo's, yeah. whether the Walgreens reopened or whatever, it's a train wreck. It's it's part of a train wreck in that co- it's Parkway Point. Parkway Point was born and raised to be a train wreck. Absolutely. <laughs> Simply because there's only one access road. Actually, well, now two access roads into there. Most people don't know what the second access or the third right. access into that area. Yeah. Well, the, well so they all go in on 
Yeah. Lindbergh. I mean, I mean, yeah, they, 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 they all come in on Lindbergh. There, there's, there's really not much. I guess you can sneak around Robbins Road or whatever, but Hollis, uh, I'm telling you right now, a lot more people would use Hollis if they fixed that stupid railroad <laughs> overpass thing, you know, that's only one yeah. lane there. That, that is ridiculous, you know, if they just fix yeah. that. I mean, because you roll the dice going through there. You, yeah. know? you don't know if somebody's going to wait or what. It's, it's kind of like a standoff, you know, standing there, you know. Yeah. You know, that's all up to the railroad to do that. Wow, that's cool. The railroads are notoriously cheap. They want federal money to fix things. Yeah, right. Well, let's get some federal money. (laughs) We got to do to get it fixed. You know, we need a hot dog, everybody. We got to have Italian beef. We got to have a hot dog. Exactly. We got to have those hot dogs. Exactly. (laughs) News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY 753. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, Fritz corrected me on that one. Cockrell Lane is what I'm talking about, not Hollis. Hollis runs a vertical. Cockrell goes across. Yeah. Messed that up. Sorry. Anyway, 217-629-7970. Argument still stands, though. Yeah. They got to fix that. You know, it's like we got to have another access point to Parkway Point. But yeah. uh, but don't blame Portillo's for that train wreck. You know, yeah, it's they like that was a misdesign. They didn't ask to be put there. Exactly. Yeah. No, they did ask to be put there, though. Okay. <laughs> they did. Well, I mean, they but I mean, the they didn't know. I don't know. But yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 217-629-7970. Here's some uh, news from over the weekend and going back to the coronavirus here real quick about mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, you might be shocked about this one, too, Kevin. Do you realize that that over the weekend, for the first time, the combined number of deaths in Florida and Texas now surpass Illinois? But up until Sunday, Illinois had more deaths from coronavirus than Florida and Texas combined huh and the combined populations of florida and texas 50 million the population of illinois 12 million Mm. and yet governor pritzker was trotted out last week in front of the senate or was it the House Committee? It was the House Committee. It was the House Sorry. Committee. He was trotted out in front of the House Committee as a governor who's really done a great job handling the coronavirus. And and he started talking about this and whatever. Now, to 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 be fair in this, uh, Pritzker's death rate has gone down considerably over the last month or so. Oh, yeah. However, more people have died in Illinois from coronavirus up until Sunday than Florida and Texas combined. And the death rate, obviously, is pretty huge. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, did they bring him out there because Illinois is doing so well, which they are doing? You know, the, the, the numbers are going down. You know, we, we you know, the, 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 the deaths in Florida and Texas finally surpassed Illinois' total because Illinois has been keeping it down to around 30 a day. And, and Illinois and Texas have been running about 100 a day. But uh, did they bring him out because of how great he did on the coronavirus, or did they bring him out because he has been definitely willing and able to drop the gloves against Donald Trump? Um, it, it could be a combination of both. But I mean, you got you got to think um, the decisions Pritzker's had to make with Illinois with the coronavirus. I mean, you know, there's there there isn't like a good decision like it's either okay we have to close a bunch of stuff or yeah. we have to let people know you're right about that it's I either mean, shot or get hung i get it you know i mean it, there, there's never a, there's never a good uh, uh call on that and and to pritzker's defense you know again the death rates are going down yeah in illinois you know they they, they are they're not nearly the time uh, the, the things we saw in april and may when there was a major crisis and and chicago and new york 
both had huge outbreaks because of the public transportation system that is lacking in Los Angeles. But in Chicago and New York, there's plenty of that going around. Chicago was more aggressive on clamping that down than New York was. And the resulting deaths are according because New York's deaths are insane. I yeah, think they're, like, they're they're somewhere in the forty thousand ballpark. I don't mm-hmm. know how. To, uh, I've got to grab that real quick. I forgot to grab that when I was looking at it. But uh, um, you know, so so that call can be argued that 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 Pritzker was good at that. But let me just let me just get the deaths here real quick. Illinois, okay. yeah, coronavirus deaths here because they'll 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 have a little thing going on right there. Illinois' current number of deaths is at uh, seven thousand three ninety one. New York's is thirty two thousand twenty nine. So. 32,029 in New York. And I think, you know, obviously New York much bigger than Chicago. Yeah. You know, but also the the measures that were taken in Illinois came faster than Chicago than than, than uh, New York's. Yeah. And so that 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 helped. So that that call was good on Pritzker's part. But I still think that when you're talking about you know, bringing out experts for coronavirus and, and talking about how to handle it and criticizing things, whatever. I think there are better governors you can pick, you know, in this regard. Uh, 217-629-7970. Higher on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. You can find all of those on WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment as well. And coming up next, the naked gun from the files of police squad. I'm Lieutenant Frank Drebin, police squad. And don't ever let me catch you guys in America. We could all use a good laugh, and luckily one of the funniest movies I've seen is streaming on Netflix and on demand through IFC. The Naked Gun Files from Police Squad is a hilarious parody of gumshoe noir and renegade cop movies. It was originally a TV show, but the network actually canceled it for being too funny after only six episodes. Many leftover gags were put in this movie, and a few were even reused entirely. There were two sequels, and both pretty funny, but the first movie, in my opinion, is the best. This hilarious movie comes from Zucker Abrams and Zucker, who did Airplane and Kentucky Fried Movie. Leslie Nielsen plays Lieutenant Frank Drebin, a cop bent on avenging the attack on his partner during a failed drug bust. The other bumbling cop, Nordberg, is played by O.J. Simpson, who spends most of this movie in a hospital bed. So, he kills less people in this movie than he did in real life. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, Leslie Nielsen's performance is so great in this movie because of how seriously he plays this ridiculous role. He, he did the same thing in Airplane, launching him into comedy superstardom. You'd better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Nielsen, up to that point, had only played serious and dramatic roles. And by saying jokes and doing sight gags in this serious and stoic force, it's magic. Uh, Priscilla Presley plays the beautiful but equally as clumsy Jane Spencer, secretary to our main villain, Vincent Ludwig, played by the ever-so-suave Ricardo Montalban. The movie's plot is outrageous as its characters. Ludwig is planning to kill the visiting Queen Elizabeth II by using hypnosis and mind control on Reggie Jackson, who actually is in the movie, during a baseball game. Oh my God, it's the third out. I must kill 
the queen. Drebin catches wise of this plot, and by the way, those men of Ludwig's are behind the attack on Norberg. Please throw down your guns. Kill him. But he's so inept at his basic duties that nobody really takes him seriously, all the mistakes he makes and everything. Among the movie's many sight gags, we also have some brilliant writing. For example, Norberg is in the bed recovering from the attack and is trying to explain what happened to him. Drugs. Hey, nurse. Quick, give this man some drugs. Quick, can't you see he's in pain? No. Give him a shot, quickly. No. Heroin. Heroin, Frank. Norberg, that's a pretty tall order. You're going to have to give me a couple of days on that one. Also, Lieutenant Drebin gets into a car chase with a man who tried to kill Nordberg at the hospital. He jumps into the car and yells, follow that car, only to see a sign behind him that says student driver. And the driving instructor is giving the student lessons while Frank shoots at the criminal and they chase him down. Follow that car. Let's definitely check your mirror. Signal. Now pull into traffic. But... One of my favorite parts of this movie has to be when Drebin is trying to get close to the baseball players in an attempt to see if he can find the would-be killer. He goes undercover as an opera star set to sing the national anthem, Enrico Palazzo, and we get the worst or, depending on how you look at it, best rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, which I think I'll just play for you right now because it is truly wonderful. On the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit... Please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. So, ladies and gentlemen, let us honor America as Mr. Palazzo will now sing our national anthem. I don't want to sit here and explain every single joke and why it's funny. That would ruin the experience. Watch this hilarious movie for yourself. Carve out 90 minutes, sit back, and enjoy this lowbrow, politically incorrect, dry and flat-out stupid comedy. You won't regret it. I'm going to break for news, and then when we come back, bottom of the bargain bin.
Welcome to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. The Caped Crusader has gone through quite a varied cinematic history. In fact, when we're able to go see movies in the theater again, there's going to be a new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, you can say what you want, but there was a petition for Michael Keaton not to play Batman before the internet back in 1989. So, despite the inaccuracies compared to the source material, that movie was a hit. So, we should give it a chance. This new one, I mean. But... You know what? Maybe you shouldn't be given a chance, unless you're a Batman super fan and also a glutton for punishment. The original Batman serials. No, not talking about the 1960s TV show with Adam West. That's the Dark Knight compared to this trash. I'm, of course, talking about the serialized 1943 adaptation that played in theaters, often ending on some cheesy, sometimes even literal cliffhangers, only to have Batman or Robin escape immediately and easily the next week. These aren't good and have aged extremely poorly from the bare-bones production quality to the extremely racist depiction of Japanese people. Tolerate this inefficiency if you cannot carry out your assignment. I will get someone else to place. That's okay with me. I'm fed up with your Jap New Order anyhow. Yes, this movie was made in the middle of World War II, so instead of using the Joker as the main villain, a new villain named Dr. Daka was created. His aim is to literally brainwash Americans to follow the rule of then-Emperor Hirohito with a mind-control device. So, this serial explained to you is pretty terrible, but if you didn't know anything about it, you might get suckered into buying it. Look at this packaging! The DVD box set came out on DVD in 2007, right around the time Batman Begins was getting released on DVD. Like, this is just shameless. That's not the first time they've pulled this either. It was released on VHS back in the 1980s, and even as far back as 1965, they re-released them to lead up to the Adam West movie in 1966. My dad actually saw this re-release and said they knew it sucked back then, too. There are 15 episodes of this serial in total, and they were all played back-to-back-to-back to back to back in theaters and on home video. The DVD box that I got was very cheap. I actually, yes, got it out of the bargain bin. And yeah, it is a good bargain because it has the other serial from 1949 making over eight hours of this crap for about $2. For obvious reasons, there was far too much of this for one video, so this review will be in several parts as I show you the horror that is Batman, the serialized movie. Episode 1 has a shot of Batman at his desk in the Batcave with bats flying around on strings, probably held up by fishing poles. The lighting is also off, so everything is super bright. It's the perfect visual representation of how terrible this movie is going to be. Also, since the serial was made during World War II, Batman and Robin are touted much more as American heroes than usual, or probably ever. Hidden headquarters of America's number one crime fighter, Batman. Yes, Batman, clad in the somber costume which has struck terror to the heart of many a swaggering denizen of the underworld. You'd expect it from Captain America, Superman, or even Wonder Woman, but it's so silly when it's Batman. They're even considered secret government agents in this version. The first episode sets up one of the driving forces of the whole serial. Bruce's girlfriend, Linda Page, needs help finding her uncle Marty, who we know is abducted by Dr. Daka's Japanese gang. When I said this serial was racist, here's how they introduce Daka's lair. This was part of a foreign land transplanted bodily to America and known as Little Tokyo. Since a wise government rounded up the shifty-eyed Japs, it has become virtually a ghost street. Yeah, Daka and his henchmen are referred to Japs throughout the serial, and often identified by their eyes or their skin color. It'd be bad enough that Daka's just a white guy with his eyes slanted and an awful cartoon voice, but throwing slurs around as often as they do, and even referring to the U.S.'s internment camps as a good thing, is just horrible. It really could make this unwatchable for a lot of people, and 
Honestly, I wouldn't blame you. Dr. Daka hides in this racist amusement ride museum in Little Tokyo. What if someone accidentally stumbles upon it? They'd be killed, they'd be brainwashed too, or the workers just paid off to look the other way? It's so confusing. So anyway, Dr. Daka needs radium for his ray gun and steals it from the Gotham Foundation. Batman and Robin thwart this plan, of course, and we get to see our first cliffhanger. This will be a common theme. Batman falls off the roof and it looks like he's gonna die, but when you tune in next week, he's fine. He just fell onto some scaffolding that would still hurt. But after the fall, and now we're in episode two, Batman and Robin recover Daka's ray gun and hold the criminal who had it hostage for information. And Batman is being like, really creepy here. Bruce also nearly kills Alfred with the ray gun. <laughs> you almost turned it into dust. That's funny. The criminal is then taken to the police. Daka, upset that he no longer has a secret weapon, thinks that Linda, who by the way works at the Gotham Foundation, might know. So he has her kidnapped by someone pretending to be Uncle Martin. Batman and Robin, there's some sleuth detective work, find where she is hidden, and make their grand entrance. Things are looking tough for our heroes, though. So you know what that means? Another cliffhanger. But not before the slowest, and I do mean slowest, electric spark in the history of cinema fails to get Batman before he jumps. Episode 3 is where we start to get progressively weirder. We get to see Dr. Daka use his mind control device on an underling who once again has failed his task because of the dynamic duo. It's a mix of the electric chair and the hairdryer from Blade Runner. Then they put a little metal hat on him and voila! He's under the doctor's control. Batman and Robin use Alfred as bait and a newspaper ad to lure the criminals to them. It backfires when someone pulls a gun on Alfred and our heroes intervene. In the pocket of one of the guys' jacket is a map of a train that they're going to blow up. Batman and Robin get there just in the nick of time. But trouble strikes when Batman is bopped on the head with a rubber monkey wrench and knocked out. The train is coming. Oh no! What's going to happen? Just kidding. Tune in next week. This is episode three, and you can already tell how annoying this is. Twelve more to go. Luckily, there's a play-all option on the DVD, but can you imagine having to wait a week just to watch Robin throw Batman into the river? <sighs> Nothing real interesting happens in episode four. Daka uses a trapdoor to kill someone by dropping them into a pit of alligators, which may or may not factor in later in the serial. Aside from that, Bruce pretends to be a Middle Eastern fortune teller and engages in a painfully bad car chase where he nearly blows up a car with that ray gun. Oh, Batman survives, by the way. Episode 5. Episode 5 is nutty and probably my favorite one so far. Batman and Robin use science to discover secret writing on this paper, leading them to an airplane hangar, hopefully to thwart the bad guy's plans. But... What Daka does in this episode makes a Rube Goldberg machine look like pressing a button. Dr. Daka receives a corpse from Japan. He then brings the dead body back to life for like 30 seconds so he can give his information in a picture slide and then he just dies again. Okay, 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 stop! Forget the ray gun or the radium or even the mind control. Dr. Daka has the ability to bring people back to life, and he uses it because he didn't want to make a phone call. What? Like, nobody's saying, hey, 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 this is maybe the biggest scientific discovery ever. So, 
Daka brainwashes some more racist white people and sends them to steal a new airplane the Japanese are trying to rip off. Batman stows away on the airplane while Robin fights the brainwashed men. The plane, of course, takes off, and Batman fends off these henchmen in the actual plane. The army says, oh no, they stole the plane. Shoot it down! And yes, I don't have to tell you that Batman survives the plane crash, but like, he didn't even jump out. He just survives. In episode six, Daka is still trying to get radium. Like, dude, you can bring people back to life. You have mind control. Work on that. Forget about the radium. But Daka's upset since the U.S. sunk one of their submarines. More propaganda. The criminals find their way to a lot of radium again, but again are thwarted by the dynamic duo. Alfred even goes undercover this time. And Batman dies in a fiery explosion. Just kidding, he's back the next week. Episode 7 sees Dr. Daka's men kidnapping the man who Alfred was impersonating because, surprise, surprise, he has access to radium. Again with the radium. Batman tracks him to a laundromat, I think, and almost gets crushed by an elevator. Now, if you want to know what happens to our caped crusader, tune in next week at 7. You missed a segment. Hello? Hello, anybody home? You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. You can hear the full show, some of the clips, some of the things you might not even hear on the air. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set, you're going surfing on the internet. Next up, we'll have Justin Carter and some music from Songs for a New World. Don't go anywhere. This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. I am talking once again with fellow thespian and newsman Justin Carter from News Channel 20. How are you doing? Hey, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had talked with Gus Gordon about this uh, this new show that the Hoagland is putting on, um, which, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, COVID, you know, you know, putting on a live show you know what's that gonna you know how are you gonna do that but yeah. uh, we learned that uh songs for a new world the show that's being put on is being put on in a, a very uh, interesting way which is that it's gonna be pre-recorded um and the rehearsals have just started is that right yeah uh we're i believe in our second week of rehearsals yep all right and i just I just saw a picture that you uh, you had posted on Facebook of um, the four of you guys, of five actually, with Corey in the background playing piano as well. Um, how have those rehearsals been going? Because you guys have got a great staff and cast and everything, and I mean, it just looks. I mean, it looks. I mean, how is it? How has it been going? Yeah, everything's going good so far. We're of course um, doing everything we can, following all the guidelines in place uh, by the CDC. Because, um, as you know, things are changing um, in the entertainment world, the theater world, the sports world, even. Um, so yeah, we're, we have to practice social distancing. Of course, we have to, um, you know, make sure that we're all facing, um, not facing the same way. Um, you know, other, so many different things, you know, wearing masks when we're not singing mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, making sure that we are just doing everything we can to be safe, washing our hands, monitoring our health, uh, because, you know, obviously singing is a very intimate thing. Um, our mouths are open. And uh, so, yeah, we just have to take all of that into consideration following, you know, phase four guidelines. And we're doing that. 
um, you know, Gus Gordon, who's the executive director of the Hoagland. Um, you know, he has, uh, you know, obviously some health guidelines and expectations in place. And, you know, we're doing the best we can. Songs for a New, Songs for a New World is great because there's only four people in the entire show. Mm-hmm. And you can do a lot of things with that show being distant from each other. Uh, so I think it'll translate well in the time we're in. Yes, I think so too. I mean, I, I noticed in the um, in the picture too. They had a little, uh, a, a little uh, not hand washing, but a little hand sanitizer thing in the background too. That I'm sure. Oh yeah. Using so wiping down microphones and uh, you know making sure not to share microphones. Um, yeah, there's just so many different things and facets that we're doing uh, to make sure that we're all good and safe. Yeah. Uh, so the so I I might have um so I've heard of songs in the New World. I have listen to the music but i actually have never seen it before um and uh i i think gus might have talked a little bit about it last time but um you know i i i don't think i remember exactly what the show's about can you give us a little lowdown on what the uh what songs for new world is all about what uh the pl- either the plot or what sort of uh symbolize that sort of thing you know yeah, so it's a, it's a musical musical. When I say that, I mean there's there's very little dialogue. Um, it's mostly songs. It's a collection of songs. Uh, two men, two women. So uh, myself, uh, Damian Kaplan, uh, Mary Kate Smith, and Jasmine French, we're, uh, we make up the two men and two women. Uh, and we don't even really have character names. Literally, uh, Damian's man one, I'm man two. Uh, Mary Kate is woman one and Jasmine is woman two. So really the show is open to um, whoever does it and their interpretation of what the songs mean. Um, and just generally speaking, um, it's just about it's just a collection of stories of uh, people trying to make changes in their lives and um, going through everyday struggles and their characters, uh, you know, and how they get to a moment uh, where they can make this choice, make a stand, and they might have to turn around and go back. They might have to uh, push forward and move on. But, um, you know, it's just kind of highlighting everyday struggles, everyday um, situations that people go through and uh, how they may or may not overcome it. So we thought that it would be very, um, you know, timely in the, in the time we're in right now. Yeah. Um, it's just a collection of songs, and it just examines, you know, everything from love, life, uh, just the choices that, that we make and how, um, you know, it could have positive or, um, you know, even negative uh, consequences in the end. So I'm really, really excited about it. The songs are incredible. They told me to listen to the songs uh, when they first told me about this opportunity. Uh, and as soon as I heard the first song, I knew I was going to be You're like, all right, now let me listen to the rest of the album because it's a great, it's a great score. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the songs are incredible. Uh, difficult, but incredible. So we are working hard. The uh, harmonies are fantastic. And I had the pleasure of working with some of the best artists in Springfield, from Corey to, um, to Craig, who's directing, to Mary Kate Smith, the powerhouse, Jasmine French, the powerhouse, Damien, and uh, little old me uh, gets to hold it, uh, some type of candle or torch or whatever. Uh, trying to keep up with them. No, oh, no, I'm, I'm sure you're doing great. You know that. No, I mean it's you're, no, you're welcome. This, I mean it's a it, yeah, it's Jason Robert Brown. I mean he he writes those tough musical scores and uh and you know it's not easy music, but you guys are also great. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show. I'm really excited to see it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really really excited. And there's always a chance for people to uh, get a, uh, an opportunity to get a little piece of theater, although it's not the live experience. We're going to be streaming it. 
uh, in two weeks or so. So, uh, yeah, it's just a different forum. And uh, we hope it works. This is for a fundraiser for the Hoagland Center of the Arts, which is obviously going through some uh, extremely hard financial struggles right now with mm-hmm. COVID-19 and there's a lack of performances. Uh, I mean, there aren't any performances right now, and that's how the Hoagland makes uh, a large chunk of their money. So uh, we are, um, yes, yeah, having this and doing this as a fundraiser, and we just hope people support because, uh, you know, the art needs, Springfield needs the art. Yes, they do. Um, I would say that. Yeah. Yes, we absolutely do. So just uh, tell us um, how people are able to purchase, I guess, the virtual tickets, the, the donation, uh, when the show is exactly going to be, and how people can uh, f- uh get updates through the Hoagland or through you guys or however they want to get a hold of uh, the Hoagland to make sure that they can catch this show. Yeah, so tickets actually went on sale on Monday, um, so that's exciting, and um, they can actually go to the Hoagland's website, which is hcfta.org. Um, I believe, yeah, Hoagland, yeah, Hoagland, Center. Yeah, I always yeah. get the letters. No, yeah, I, I gotta say it in my head, too. No, yeah, you're... Yes. But yes, org, And there you can find the link um, to go and purchase your virtual uh, ticket. So, um, yeah, it'll just be a very easy process. And um, the first show will be available to view on uh, the 21st of August. That's the, um, that's the plan. And Saturday the 22nd and then Sunday the 23rd at 7. So a uh, single ticket is 20 bucks, And then if you... Um, you know, have two or more, or even a family. We just ask that you, you know, help out a little bit more um, by purchasing a thirty-dollar ticket. But that ticket, these, this, this fund, the funding goes a long, long way. Yes, it, does. Um, it really, really does. Uh, you know, the Hoagland again really, really relies on theater performances and even regular performances from the youth symphony to uh, you know ballet. So you know, all of that stuff has been canceled and. You know, there has been no revenue. That revenue stream has been completely wiped out. So uh, whatever you can do to, you know, give, and uh, that would be just just really, really appreciated. And, you know, that $20, $30 will go a long way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I will definitely be watching it, and I know a lot of people will, too. We are going to check in again soon before the premiere of the show to talk to you guys again about... Uh, this wonderful show and i cannot wait to see it thank you so much for being with me justin thank you kevin see you soon see you soon thanks for listening in i'll be back next week at 11